Medical information obtained from our website or on the live show is not intended to be a substitute for professional care. If you have, or you suspect you might, have an illness or other medical condition, you should consult a health care provider. The opinions expressed on this radio program are not necessarily those of the sports doctor, this radio show, or their sponsors. Everybody, welcome live from Chicago. It's the Sports Doctor. I'm Dr. Bob Wild, sports podiatrist. All things sports medicine, fitness, and wellness brought to you by Global Schoolwear, school uniforms by Tommy Hilfiger, Lower Extremity Review, LER Magazine, and MVP Parent Magazine. Quick shout out Bruce Merrin, celebrity speakers. Bruce is initially. Um, People he represented in the world of sports 46 years ago were Muhammad Ali and Jackie Robinson. So you could Bruce Merrin, speaker celebrities. We've got a great doubleheader today. Kurt Mango, one of our fave guests, is back. He's the author of Becoming a True Champion. Uh, He's a speaker. He's a former NCAA gymnastics champion. And he's a contributor to my book, Hashtag Hey Sports Parents. He returns in Dr. Kelly Bonhoff. Registered nurse, marriage and family therapist. She's the author of the upcoming Beyond Trauma Drama. Will be joining me. And then the sports doctor's in with some Bob Guida wisdom, some emails. Kurt Mango, welcome back to the sports doctor. It's great to be back and talking to you again. Kurt, give us some background on yourself and that whole world that led to you writing this incredible book, uh, Becoming a True Champion. You know, athletic excellence from the inside out, which has just become more important than ever. Well, I guess it uh, started or was motivated through the athletic experience of both of my daughters. Um, I had a and my teaching and coaching career. You know, through that time, I saw us moving away from what I would call an inside-out approach to success in life to more of an outside-in, meaning people have to, you know, it's 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 outside yourself. You don't have control. It depends on what people give you and so on and so forth. And it was just opposite of what I learned in my, you know, athletic experiences and what I saw through my daughter's athletic experiences. So that was the inspiration for the book. I spent about eight years writing it and researching for it and uh, published it in, uh, I think, about 2012, right around there. You know, Kirk, you had a you have a great story yourself. You know, were a gymnastic a participant, nobody special. Evidently, you were told you weren't going to be anybody special. <laughs> Somehow, you ended up an NCAA uh, champion, and again, you're a sports dad. Also, both your girls, uh, one who's still in my orthotics, Lindsay, went to University of Louisville yeah. volleyball. Your other daughter, uh, yep. it, it's soccer player. Uh, all these lessons yourself, but uh, a little bit about you overcoming those obstacles um, uh, really to become a champion yourself. Well, that started for me in high school. I um, I was pretty much like any other student. I did my sport or sports, just, you know, something to do. Um, that all changed one day, and it's crazy how a moment in a person's life can just change you just like that, and all of a sudden things become much more clear as far as where you're going. And I watched another gymnast compete on the event I loved most, which was the still rings, and it just inspired me to become, you know, set goals that were well beyond my reach. I mean, I can't fault my coach or anyone else that kind of thought it was a little silly for me to try to reach something that was you know, from appearances, looked way, way beyond, um, you know, my potential at the time. I only had a year left, and I was really not very good. I wasn't even, I was middle of the road on one of the lower-level teams in our conference. I mean, nobody even knew who I was. So going through a process of trying to prove to myself that I was capable of achieving something that was told or said to me to be impossible to do, um, you learn a lot about life and what successes can happen if you're willing to travel that path. Uh, you know, it's interesting because, again, those kinds of challenges 
uh, overcoming those kinds of obstacles and uh, uh, paying attention uh, to, again, like you talk about from the inside out, what it takes all of a sudden, like you said, a certain instance, a certain circumstance, all of a sudden. Uh, we always thought in the world of sports and sports medicine that one of the strongest events in the world of sports was that iron cross on the rings, <laughs> which ended up becoming your specialty. That always was, wow, look at the strength of that uh, 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 individual. So, you know, again, you're overcoming those kinds of, of obstacles. You know, really that is uh, one out of a thousand where you were able to, you know, not only excel, but be, uh, become a, a champion. Um, when you found out that, for example, your two daughters were special athletes, and again, in order to, to get, be, get a Division I scholarship, I don't care what the sport is, you've got to be awfully, awfully good. Uh, you were in physical education for decades, gym teacher, a phys ed teacher, again, a coach, and uh, uh, then applying the principles as a sports dad, you know, I always would have to ask how your sports psychology skills were. Evidently pretty good. <laughs> well, it was more to me about the internal and intrinsic pieces that they would learn through that experience and that path. You know, the scholarship and all of that, there was a very small percentage of athletes that achieved that. And that's more of an outcome of a process. And I'm very, very much into the idea of process over outcome because it's the lessons that you learn walking that path that go well beyond the athletic arena. And that's, you know, that's kind of what inspired uh, a lot of what I put in the book and taught my girl. Oh, yeah, well, there's, there's no doubt about it. And again, the reason I, I co-authored Hashtag A Sports Parents was the epidemic in capital letters of overuse injuries in youth sports, both physically and mentally. Everybody listening to The Sports Doctor, I'm Dr. Bob Wild, sports podiatrist. If you go to my website, sportsdoctorradio.com, if you go over to radio shows, you go back years, international guests, national guests, local guests, a myriad of topics in sports medicine, fitness, and wellness. If you go over to newspaper articles and magazines, again, you can read on so many different topics, a lot of big excitement with MVP Parent Magazine. Lower Extremity Review, just celebrating their 12th anniversary. And still one of my hottest articles is uh, Women in High Heels Accepting the Challenge. Uh, we have thousands of followers. I can't tell you how many guests I get from both Twitter and LinkedIn. If you want to jump on, a lot of great information in the world of sports medicine, fitness, and wellness. That's Sports Doc, DOC Radio. Uh, we're talking with um, uh, Kirk Mango. He's been on, again, if you go back uh, in, in uh, the newspaper articles, you'll catch him a half a dozen times. You know, when I endorsed um, the book, Kirk, and I talked about, you know, your thoughts, your ideas, and your concepts of what's positive, great examples of what's positive in youth athletics. And there's a lot that ain't positive. Again, with yeah. the pressure, overzealous parents, overzealous coaches pushing these kids. Uh, half of them are on over-the-counter pain medicine to try to show up. And I think that, again, understanding the responsibility of the athlete, getting across to these kids their responsibility, I always thought was a big deal in your book. Talk about that a little. Well, I, that's kind of where I saw things go awry here, with, uh, and I saw it progress over my 34 years of teaching and 17 coaching. And you just addressed a little bit of that, of parents pushing them and things of that nature. And that's why I always talk about, you know, from the inside out. I mean, the subtitle of the book, you know, it's from the inside out, uh, achieving uh, athletic excellence from the inside out. So that that is an important piece, and it's throughout the book, because it puts the importance of success where it lies, and that's on the shoulders of the athlete themselves. It's it's their path. It's They're the ones who have to choose to walk that path. They're the ones who have to work. They're the ones who have to make the choices and the decisions that allow success to happen. So as good as a parent might be or a coach might be, it's those two things, and as important as those are, as those, are those, those two things can become irrelevant if the athlete themselves aren't willing to walk that path. So it has to come from them. So when you mentioned to me about the idea of, you know, parents pushing this and so on and so forth, that's kind of 
goes um, a little bit uh, away from where my focus is, and that is the idea of inspiring the athlete and the athlete, you know, wanting to travel this path and wanting to do these things and put in the effort. Well, I think it's big. It's got to come from that. I think it's big, you know, in the area of gymnastics, especially with this crazy mayhem with the doctors and the abuse and the drugs, all these things that we've watched over this past, gosh, 10 years, 15 years, uh, and, uh, you know, again, that, that discussion of what's the responsibility of the athlete themselves and whose goal is it and being able to pay attention that, hey, a lot of the responsibility and good news and stuff should come from, the, you know, one of my famous colleagues, the late sports psychologist, Dr. Jim Vickery, who shared the radio show with me. I think you met Dr. Vickery uh, in the past, in the 90s. He said, number one, for parents and coaches, don't be a critic, you know. So when you, when you are the sports parent and sports are serious to your son or daughter and it's such a big part of your life, then uh, this becomes very, very, again, on the sports doctor, I call it the mental game, Kirk. You know, mm-hmm. whether you're the best athlete in the world or whether you're the parents of one of them or whether you're the coach or the athlete themselves, now, of course, these past few years, and this is what I want to ask you. Um, by the way, give us first, what's the best way to get the book, Kirk, and, and see your speaking stuff and whatever? Well, you, uh, the book itself, Becoming a True Champion, can be purchased at any bookseller. So that's Amazon, Barnes & Noble, anywhere else. It's a, it's a um, traditionally published book with a publisher, etc. As far as um, another way to get there, uh, if you wanted to go to my website, which is becomingatruechampion.com, you can see a lot of the different inspirational things that I write for athletes, for parents, and for coaches, along with having links to some of the things that you know I have done or accomplished, as, and uh, the book itself, and some of those booksellers, if you'd like. So it's becomingatruechampion.com, the same title as the book. So, Kirk, you know, in, in talking again to parents and coaches and, and youngsters today, you know, uh, and looking at some of the, again, the incredible changes we've seen, um, the, every guest I've had on the radio from wherever they are in the world, the past couple of years of the pandemic, whatever their vocation, have talked about mental health, mental health. Um, and so, so what are some of the things today, bullets, uh, that you're talking to parents of groups? I know you spoke to some volleyball parents not all that long ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some of the things that are really important you want to get across uh, to these sports parents and the athletes themselves? Well, you know, one thing that I think is important, and there are several, is the idea of taking ownership and responsibility over what it is that they want to achieve. That it is, it is up to them and, and for them to walk that path. And a lot of it has to do with mindset. To me, mindset is everything. It's the way you think determines on how you, the way you act and the effort you're going to Sounds like the mental game, Kirk. <laughs> it is. It's, right. it's all yeah, starts here. A lot of people forget that. They, it, it has to start there because it's the way you think that determines your actions. So it, one of the questions I was asked, which I thought was pretty perceptive by more than one athlete, was um, about confidence because they kept asking me over and over again. There's about 300 and some odd athletes uh, in volleyball that I was speaking to. And, you know, how, when you were faced with such adversity as an athlete, you know, how, how, how did you build that confidence? And I told them that that's not something that happens overnight. It's something that it's a process like everything else. It's something you build one day at a time. A lot of times people get lost in where they want to go and it's so distant from them and they're forgetting those little teeny steps. And each step you take toward that goal no matter how small it is, that's where confidence is built. So a lot of that comes to, from the mindset that you have going in and the idea of understanding that even if you take one little small step forward, you are now a little closer to that ultimate goal you want at the end. And it's enjoyment and understanding that process. That was one thing I, I got across to those kids is about confidence. They really were concerned on, you know, how do you gain confidence? Well, it's, it's, a, it's something you work at. It's something that you develop. You're not given. You're not born with confidence. Well, look, one of the important points in your book and, and uh, uh, a lot of what you talk about is the fact you can train these systems. You can be paying attention, being aware, 
like you said, mindset, mindfulness, yep. the fact that, hey, you could really, like I'm training my body, I could really pay attention. Uh, you also mentioned the key word there. You said enjoyment. Even yep. at great levels, it really challenges. Uh, you're supposed to be enjoying what you're doing or why are you doing it, right? Right. In fact, I talk about that in the book, that one of the most enjoyable for me and what kept me going day after day and walking that path, even towards something that looked to be unachievable, was the idea that I was improving, even if it was small. And you have to take that into account. Inside, that's where your confidence is built. So, And even if you have a couple of days that are not so good, you have to keep in mind that that's part of the process. No one's ever become a champion without failing first. It just doesn't happen. So the ability to deal with it, put it in yep. perspective, understand again, and it's amazing. And I think we've come a long, long, long way in the importance of everything you're talking about and, and, and wrote about. Uh, yet the challenges really, really remain as youth sports has become such a big business in so many different areas, uh, travel and financial and scholarships and pressures. And again, overzealous parents and or coaches. Uh, and it becomes a, uh, a big deal when we really realize, again, and you talk a lot about parents and coaches being good listeners also, uh, the fact uh, that the reality is, is that we're still facing, you know, so many of these uh, different challenges, like you said, being aware how uh, important uh, that it is in, in, uh, in that regard. Are you still doing your blog, Kirk? Uh, I do have a blog. I am not writing as much since I've retired. Uh, I do keep the articles in hand and people are using them, but uh, it's at Chicago now. So, yes, it's up, but I haven't written for a little while. I do a lot of uh, things uh, with athletes that contact me specifically or coaches are going to speak like I did recently to the hockey team that I talked to and also the volleyball team. Yeah, I, I think, you know, the one-in-one -one factor remains you know, such a key as individuals understand how important it is, you know, on both sides. So give us the, again, the books available at any venue and uh, the, is it Becoming a True Champion? What's that site, Kirk? Uh, Becomingatruechampion.com. Becomingatruechampion.com. I knew the time would fly by with this guy, Kirk Mango, author again of the book, Becoming a True Champion. Everybody, we'll be right back at Sports doctor. Hold on, Kirk. Hey, everybody. It's Dr. Bob Weil, a sports doctor. I'm excited to announce the release of my new book, co-written with Sharky Zartman, hashtag Hey Sports Parents, an essential guide for any parent with a child in sports. You know, Sharky is a former Hall of Fame volleyball player. She's the mom of two daughters who became Division I volleyball players. Together, we have over 70 years of combined youth sports experience. The goal of the book, give you the essential tools and guidance to make your experience as a sports parent the best it could be. Hashtag Hey Sports Parents is divided into four sections. The first section, Sports Parenting 101. Sharky talks everything about... Uh, parenting, about coaching, that whole uh, interaction between parents and coaches, coaching your own kid. Uh, what's the, what are the things to really pay attention to? The second section is the Sports Doctors in yours truly. Uh, my discussion of injury prevention and treatment, choosing the best shoes, youth sports and drugs, essential exercises, the dilemma of youth football, orthotics. Third section, uh, experts speak out. We bring together eight different experts in nutrition and sports performance and mental training in all aspects of coaching in that section. The last section is the parents' perspective, some insights from about a half a dozen parents of athletes. So everyone, hey, get out your megaphone, spread the word. Now available on Amazon. Order now. You'll be more confident. So will your young athlete. Hashtag. Hey, sports parents.
everybody. Dr. Bob here. LER, Lower Extremity Review Magazine, is celebrating their 10th anniversary. It's been a decade of providing key uh, clinical and practical information about concerns, conditions, and treatment solutions for the lower extremity, both sports and non-sports alike. LER is the only multidisciplinary publication for doctors of all specialties, educators, therapists, and trainers. They inform practitioners on current developments in the diagnosis, treatment, and prevention of lower extremity injuries. LER prides itself on editorial integrity and evidence-based content. Their tagline, collaborative care for better outcomes, says it all. Hey, colleagues, go to lermagazine.com. Hey, everybody. MVP Parent Magazine is special. Evidence-based topics on all areas of youth sports. Rich Dubin, a sports dad himself, takes his three decades of publishing. He just celebrated the 12th anniversary of the acclaimed LER Lower Extremity Review magazine, one of sports doctors' key supporters, and he pours it into MVP parents. Factual evidence-based info on such key topics like physical and mental training, nutrition, injury awareness, treatment, recovery, and prevention. I am proud to be a contributor to MVP parents with the Sports Doctor is In article in each issue. Go to MVPParent.com, MVPParent.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Live from Chicago, it's the Sports Doctor. I'm Dr. Bob Weil, sports podiatrist things sports medicine and wellness. Joining me, Dr. Kelly Bonoff. She's a registered nurse. She's a marriage and family therapist. She's the author of the upcoming Beyond Trauma Drama. Uh, And uh, again, that whole topic with so much stress, with so much attention to mental health, uh, is just really in the middle of what really, really is important. Dr. Kelly, welcome to the Sports Doctor. Thanks, Dr. Bob. I'm excited to be here. Give us some background on yourself and everything that's uh, uh, floating around this, uh, the whole trauma drama. It's a great term. Thanks. Stress. <laughs> <laughs> Stress. Well, uh, yeah, well, I, uh, I started uh, young. I am the oldest of four children. And I uh, had my own personal experience with abuse and trafficking in childhood. And I had three important jobs. The first was to keep my mother healthy. The second was to keep my siblings safe. And the third was to keep my father happy. And I had one question growing up ever since I was a little girl. And it was, why is it that children are being hurt by those who are meant to love them and keep them safe? And so for the last 35 years, I have been on a journey to find the answer to that question. And as co-founder of Josephine's Clinic, which is a nonprofit for those experiencing violence and trafficking uh, with other uh, professionals, I was able to discover what what is happening uh, and what is echoing through our world. And that's why Beyond Trauma Drama, Cultivating the Sacred Nature of Families to Heal, is what I'm currently writing because we're missing a huge component of what we're going to be able to do to heal ourselves for those of us who've experienced trauma early in childhood and how it echoes through our lives, but also how our families keep, keep going. Why, why is this just keep echoing over and over again? And so I discovered... You know, Dr. Kelly, it's interesting. Yeah. The, my first guest, Kurt Mango, a, a gymnastics champion, we were talking about one of the challenges, the, the, the incredible, the abuse and all this mayhem with the drugs and whatever that were involved, even at the Olympic level. And again, these families, whether it was the athletes themselves or their parents or coaches, you know, talking about how do we get past this incredible trauma that's Correct. affected everybody and the, uh, all of these kinds of tremendous uh, uh, challenges. Of course, having lived it yourself, what a, an amazing question you had growing up. You said, you know, what, with children, uh, uh, how, how, how could they be abused or disenfranchised by those who are supposed to love them? I mean, that's, wow, that resonates. 
in, in so many uh, different areas. Again, with the 50% of families being with a divorced parent, mm-hmm. the idea on top of that, something like the pandemic, which has just been stress times 100, how's right. the trauma drama going? Well, here's what happened is that what I discovered is that we are, what happened was we didn't know we were on something called the merry-go-round of survival. And I'll talk more about this in the book, but basically traumatized families have seven characteristics. They have secrets that they keep. They hold silence about those secrets. There is deep shame about what's going on. The shadows are those parts or those feelings and emotions we stuck down like fear and blame and hurt and worry. Um, we keep the status quo. Why? Because we don't want to, we don't want anyone to have a conflict. Conflict is dangerous. We sabotage only because we are in these repeating patterns and then we suffer. And what is suffering? Well, it's really, in my view, a disconnection or an imbalance between our human nature, which is that mental, emotional, physical with our sacred nature, which is that spirit. So when you think of mind, body, and spirit, it's the imbalance between our spirit and our our human nature and our sacred nature. We just have forgotten uh, how sacred we are. And because we've forgotten that, we're echoing these very traumatic patterns. And I didn't know that I was doing that. My parents didn't know they were doing that. Their parents didn't know they were doing that. So that's why the book is important because the traumatized families and myself, we really want to heal. We can heal. And we just don't know how to heal. We don't know what is the root cause of all of this stuff. So when the pandemic isolation happened, what, what happened was for those children who were st- still experiencing and families who were traumatized, when we put them in isolation, it was as if we took a Coke can and, that had the top on and we started shaking it. And there was nowhere for children to go. Nightmare, yes. See them in schools. We couldn't see them on the street. We could, all of those protective places and coaches and people potentially that would have seen more trauma drama are elderly, are disabled people. I mean, they, they're all vulnerable. And so once everybody locked down in isolation, more trauma happened. Trafficking of children increased 75% during the pandemic because everybody was on their computer. And that children were being um, sold in that way because people weren't out. And there was a lot more trauma in children, physical, um, emotional, and domestic violence and all kinds of things. So what we're seeing now um, is an echo of the symptoms of being held in isolation in those situations where we didn't have the supports in place. So that's why we're, we're seeing what we're seeing now. Oh, yeah, I don't think, again, everybody's been affected, whether you had a young uh, child Mm -hmm. who, well, they're in school, they're out of school, they're, you know, called off, the season's called off. We've got Mm -hmm. all of these these crazy uh, uh, pressures on top of the fact of some of this abuse, again, at the Olympic level, listening to some of these gymnastics champions who were abused for years by the physician and couldn't tell anybody. Well, they were ashamed. Well, all these things you mentioned, the bullets, they were ashamed, they were scared, they, all of these things. Right. Uh, they, and the families and the, again, that, that trauma that they, that they were dealing with really, really, I think, brought to the forefront, uh, even again in the world of, you know, high achievement and big time sports where this kind of stuff really goes on. Um, you know, the, again, the trafficking has got to be, if there's a worst end of all of it, that's probably the example of it. Well, Dr. Bob, I think here's what happened. For those of us who have navigated our way through that journey, see, we didn't stop loving our parents. We didn't stop loving our coaches. We stopped loving ourselves. And the minute that happens, when that self-love goes away, and now we're in the conditioning of Will my coach give me a kind word where my parents not hit me today? Will my this, that, or the other? Then we have to understand that the young women who were being hurt by that particular physician, he was their family. And I know it sounds counterintuitive, but when you feel unworthy, unloved, and not enough, 
and you are identified with being an elite gymnast. And that part of your identity is so embedded in just keeping you alive. Then, of course, they are going to keep that secret. They are going to be silent until something shifts. And maybe after the commercial in the next segment, I want to talk about what Simone Biles did that was so powerful in transforming the merry-go-round of survival she was on and how others can do the same. Yes. Yes. This is, again, as we talked about it a lot, uh, we had various people on talking exactly about Simone. The fact was that even the best in the world could say, you know, I got a mental challenge here uh, and understand uh, whether it was Michael Phelps. Uh, who to this day talks so much about how much therapy has really, really helped him. What's the best mm-hmm. website, Dr. Kelly, people could find out about you and your work? So it's onesacredfamily.com. Is it the number one or the uh, the word one? The word one. So all one word, O-N-E, sacredfamily.com. Okay. One sacred and again, family. you know, Mm-hmm. Yes. yes, these different points uh, involving, you know, some of these different challenges and the uh, uh, all sorts of nightmares uh, that we've come across as a, a society. And again, athletics many times is a great uh, uh, mirror as well as a microcosm of some of these different situations as the mind-body and the, I call it the mental game, Dr. Kelly, on the sports mm-hmm. doc. We've been talking about it for decades, give or take a few weeks, what a big deal this is, whether someone's trying to keep to their exercise program or, again, they're dealing with an injury that might be career-threatening, that kind of trauma and those kinds of challenges uh, that they might be dealing with, let alone some of these family things and the abuse side of it, which has got to compound uh, some of this um, uh, trauma uh, just so you know, dramatically. Right. So the mental game that you're referring to, it's been my experience and my professional experience as well, is that somewhere between the age of five or six, that conditioned mental game is already in place. And it will repeat. And what I use as drama is an acronym, which is the dynamic replay of adversity manifesting in anguish. In other words, we keep replaying this family pattern, this mental game, the emotions we repress, and it stays in our bodies energetically. And that's why we have the physical disease. That's why we have the mental um, illness. The connection is huge. We're going to talk a lot more about it. We'll go right back to what you want to really talk more about with Simone, with the gymnastics, the whole mental side. We're speaking with Dr. Kelly Bonoff, registered nurse, marriage and family therapist, and author of the upcoming Beyond Trauma, the sports doctor. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Dr. Bob. School Uniforms by Tommy Hilfiger is setting a new standard within the school uniform market. More schools are understanding the value that uniforms provide, school pride and identification being one of them. Another is a well-recognized reduction of student pressure to keep up with classmates in the real world of what to wear each day to school. School Uniforms by Tommy Hilfiger provides amazing quality and value to its partner schools and families. It is truly the first brand in this market that students are excited about wearing. Go to the website, globalschoolwear.com. Globalschoolwear.com. UK Health Radio. The station that makes you feel good. It used to be hard to find the world's most wonderful alcohol-free drinks. Not anymore. Whether it's a health thing, a lifestyle thing, or you're trying new things, make sure you save yourself from the guessing game of the supermarket shelves and shop with zerozilchzip.co.uk for the world's most carefully curated range of alcohol-free beers, wines, spirits, and more. Health Radio listeners can save 5% with the code HEALTH5. Visit zerozilchzip.co.uk. 
or click our banner on the UK Health Radio website. Discover alcohol freedom with zero zilch zip. Because nothing's better. UK Health Radio. The station that makes you feel good. Everybody, we are back. The sports doctor was talking with Dr. Kelly Bonoff. She's the marriage and family therapist. Uh, she is the uh, really teacher, educator in the whole world of uh, dealing with trauma and all aspects of it uh, in families, uh, in children, in athletes. You mentioned before the break, Dr. Kelly, the example that we just all experienced a few months ago with the great Simone Biles talking about a word nobody knew what she was saying. She had the twisties. She was all of a sudden disoriented <laughs> and didn't compete, talked about the mental challenges. Expand on that, what you were talking about. Yeah, I'd love to. So in the interviews that I read about her, and I did um, also was able to find out a little more about her family of origin. So she was in a family where adversity was absolutely present. And in one of her interviews, she said her mind and body were simply not in sync. And what she was able to do there when she took a moment, she was able to connect with what I call her sacred nature or that inner guidance system or that still small voice or that gut instinct, whatever anybody wants to call it. But she was able to connect her human and sacred nature in that moment. And she did three things that were so powerful, which allowed her to move and transform this merry-go-round of survival I was talking about earlier. The very first three things. Great term. That's a great term. This merry-go-round of survival. That's exactly. It's really what it is. Yeah. So, so the first three characteristics are the secrets that we keep, the silence that we keep about those secrets and the shame, which is this idea that about ourselves that we are unlovable or unworthy or not enough. She was able to transform those first three most difficult parts. And she, the very first thing she did that was so powerful is that she honored her truth and she took a break before she needed to compete, which took courage. So speaking her truth and courageously saying, I cannot go out there, twist these aside. Right. In front of the world. In In front front of of the the world. world, At the highest level. Talk about courage. Yeah, so courage honored her truth as those three parts, mind, body, and spirit, were connected. The second thing she did was she spoke out. So she did not remain silent. She spoke out about her mental health, which gives other athletes, other young people, others of those who've been in circumstances that she was raised in, to have permission to do the same. And that is a key thing. So she, she did not hold the secret. She came out of her silence. And to her, her absolute beautiful sacred moment, she... She, she allowed herself to understand that it wasn't, she was not bad. There was nothing wrong that she was doing. She was lovable, worthy, and enough. And she was able to reach out for support and, and accept that support until she was ready to come back and compete. And that is something I do, I call a healing team. So she pulled together whoever helped her feel safe and secure and loved and she took the time she needed. And if, if individuals, families would take those three steps that she did, we would begin the transformation of that merry-go-round of survival to something I call the merry-go-round of sovereignty, which is this idea that we are all sacred beings having a human experience, and we transform and live in our own power, our own truth. And the number one way that you know if you're on this merry-go-round, Dr. Bob, would you like to know what it is? Absolutely. <laughs> it would be that hit you have – I'm going to hit you with it. The number one <laughs> thing is you do not have self-love. 
you believe yourself to be unlovable, unworthy, or not enough. And if that is the case, and we pick that up really early, we lose our ability to understand our state. You know, you said that. Really young. You said early, early in the yes. discussion, you mentioned yep. five or six years old. Yes. Where some of these inner, and again, you know, sometimes when you use the word sacred, people think, oh, you know, religious and whatever. You're talking right. spiritual, not right. organized religious. The idea of no. inner self, which is, you know, such a mindfulness, some of these yes. great words that, you know, medicine didn't know how to spell 20 years ago <laughs> uh, in, in, in one regard or another. What a big deal it is. Uh, it's funny, you know, one of the contributors to my book, I mentioned to you when we were in between Rob Andrews, the Institute of Human Performance, uh, worked with, with Simone. She grew up with him <laughs> in so many ways, you know, the mental training side of things and mm-hmm. the idea uh, of, again, somehow getting off that merry-go-round that, you, mm-hmm. that makes so much sense when you, when you mention that. And again, it doesn't have to be the world's worst trauma. Most families, especially uh, young achievers, with the pressure of the coaches and schedules and demand, uh, is why we see so many of these youth sports overuse injuries, both physically and mentally, because of this tremendous amount of pressure and the idea that sometimes dealing with these things, uh, you know, with your family-wide, and I guess, you know, the family of the individual is such a big part of what you're talking about, isn't it? It's the beginning. It's the root. It's the most important part. And if we, when we, and we are, the families are healing all over the world. We don't hear about that part. We hear about other things. Um, but what I would say is the moment I believe that families want to heal, they just don't know how to engage this echoing effect. And there's so much in survival with all distraction and pressure and all the stuff you're talking about. So here's what I would say in treating children that are young athletes. When I ask them privately, is this something they really want to do or are they doing it because of their family or their coaches or they won't feel like they matter if they don't keep moving with it? What many of them say, I would say nine out of 10 say, I really don't want to do this, but I don't get a vote, basically. They, they've been conditioned to believe that this is who they are, and they don't want to disappoint anyone. This is such a big deal, uh, if we're even yeah. close to those you know, kind of numbers. But I'll tell you a real, real quickie story. My 2010 Olympic uh, figure skating gold medalist, Evan Lysacek. He was 10 years old when I put orthotics. Yeah, sports podiatry in his skate. <laughs> uh, 12 years later, he was the best in the world. I had his mom on after the 2010 Olympics. I asked her, you know, how did you know it wasn't your goal? It was his goal. She said, you know, he had ice time at 6 in the morning. I never had to wake the kid up. Uh, it really put it all in perspective. Dr. Kelly Bonoff. Uh, again, family marriage therapist. Give us quickly again the website, Kelly, for all your great work in the upcoming book. OneSacredFamily.com OneSacredFamily.com The Beyond Trauma Drama. Dr. Kelly Bonoff. It's the sports doc. We'll be right back. Hold on, Kelly. If you live in or near Aurora, Illinois, and you're into sports, fitness at any level, or your son and daughter is, you cannot forget about your feet. Your feet affect everywhere else. There are complex motions that come into play, especially in sports. Your ankles, knees, hips, and back all are affected with your foot mechanics. Uh, Come visit the office, uh, Dr. Bob, uh, and get evaluated. Uh, Check what shoes are best for you. I offer prescription orthotics, which is usually one of the major tools for treatment and prevention of foot-related ankle and leg problems. Also, enhancing performance. Step or two quicker, call 630-898-3505 or go to sportsdoctorradio.com. UK Health Radio, the station that makes you feel good. It used to be hard to find the world's most wonderful alcohol-free drinks. 
Not anymore. Whether it's a health thing, a lifestyle thing, or you're trying new things. Make sure you save yourself from the guessing game of the supermarket shelves and shop with zerozilchzip.co.uk for the world's most carefully curated range of alcohol-free beers, wines, spirits and more. Health Radio listeners can save 5% with the code HEALTH5. Visit zerozilchzip.co.uk or click our banner on the UK Health Radio website. Discover alcohol freedom with Zero Zilch Zip. Because nothing's better. UK Health Radio. The station that makes you feel good. Hey, everybody, we are back live from Chicago. It is the Sports Doctor. I'm Dr. Bob Wild, sports podiatrist. It's great hearing my friends from UK Health Radio. On that ad we just heard, the Sports Doctor is repeated uh, a few times a week on that great network across the pond. I think we're in our third year working with them. So, hello, Johan. Speak with This is the Sports Doctors in segment. We preview some upcoming shows. We um, talk a little bit about some Bob Guida wisdom, and we answer a few emails. Next week, we're going to have a replay of that uh, great show uh, in December 15th with Greg Justice, Hall, National Fitness Hall of Fame, uh, and uh, Elaine Lelane, citing about their book that just came out, Pride and Discipline, Life and Legacy of the Great Fitness Legend, Jack Lelane. Uh, the following week, uh, we're going to talk with Josh Lannon. Uh, he is the co-author of Addiction Methods uh, and uh, Warrior's Heart CEO, the martial arts and jiu-jitsu, which has helped dramatically help our veterans, uh, first responders in all areas of healing. Uh, some Bob Guida wisdom. Bob paid big attention to jump training. Not only the power of getting off the ground, vertical leap as best as we could, all strengthening of those areas, but he paid huge attention to coming down, landing with stability, landing with balance. One of the great pieces of equipment he, if he didn't invent it, he perfected, was called the jump box. And it was an oscillating platform that uh, athletes, whatever their sport, would jump and land on. It was a little unstable. He called it they had a perch or balance. And then he paid big attention to them coming down. He wanted their foot, their knee, their hip aligned as best as possible. They wanted them to be aware of that, what he would call deceleration. So all aspects of jumping, is, again, in all sports with running, jumping, and it, it's involved in so many, we would be training. Of course, the role of the foot was key, being in the proper shoes, strengthening the feet and ankles, no matter what the sport is, no matter what the age was, no matter what the level was. So key and postural alignment, jump training. Few emails. Mary says, "My 11-year-old uh, son plays soccer. He said the second year with his heels hurting him. You know, Mary, this is the most common heel problem in growing children. Is the growth center, the large growth center on the back and bottom of the heel that allows that heel to eventually become a solid piece, and it matures." In uh, boys, it could be 15, 16 by the time that foot growth is over, girls a little bit earlier. Point is, the growth center is susceptible to stress. Soccer is famous with young growing kids like your 11-year-old son because of cleats being routine. You want to pay also big attention to foot mechanics. Persistent problems with this many times are associated with foot mechanics. Like the kid's got excessive pronation, he's flat-footed, or he's got high arches, and he's pounding that heel. Uh, uh, orthotics have been magic. 
to these chronic problems. See podiatry, pay attention to that. Back off the cleats, get into a multi-nub uh, shoe. Tom says, you know, I'm a 45-year-old runner. I've had plantar fasciitis on and off. You know, I see those Skechers commercials with podiatry-oriented, podiatry-recommended art support. It's a great generic step, Tom. Uh, it's not a specific orthotic, but it moves in the direction of what podiatrists feel are really important in the areas of support, heel stability, again, arch, and as a rule, is a step up from a regular running shoe, no matter what the brand is. So this is one of the things. Skechers is amazing with all the different advances they've made from what was a throw-off shoe uh, not that many years ago to top of the line in, uh, <laughs> I might be prejudiced, but the fact that it's podiatry uh, uh, recommended makes a big deal. So again, it's not a prescription, but it's usually a good step up uh, when we're talking again with something you were mentioning. Plantar fasciitis is the most common problem I see in active people. The arch, the heel, aggravated by sports like running where you're landing the same way every step constantly. So your shoe is very, very important what you're in. And if plantar fasciitis has been a recurring or a persistent problem, then the GOLD program includes custom orthotics for maximum alignment and, and positioning. Denise says, uh, are bunions inherited? My grandma was 70 years old, had bunion surgery. Her daughter... Uh, me had surgery when I was uh, uh, 50 years old and my teenage daughter's developing the same. You know, Denise, the um, foot type that develops the bunion deformity is what's inherited. We don't inherit the bump. We inherit the foot, for example, uh, with a uh, hyperflexible big toe joint that gradually dislocates. So sometimes we'll see that tendency which we pick up very early on x-ray where that metatarsal uh, is slightly angled, uh, making us more susceptible to developing. Uh, we can be successful early with orthotics in adolescence, early adolescence, when we try to break the pattern of what you're talking about. Now, we don't have a time machine today, so we can't tell. How would my 17-year-old do if it's been seven years since she's worn orthotics or if she never did with what kind of development she had. But usually clinically, I can't tell you how many young athletes where their parents have had such problems where we've interceded with orthotics very, very early. We've slowed down uh, the deformity. So foot type often is inherited. Gee, I've got high arches just like my parents. Gee, I'm flat-footed just like my mom and grandma. Gee, I've got hammer toes like my parents. So that is a fact in about 75%. So when there's a history, pay attention, see podiatry early. So we will see everybody next week, another edition of the Sports Doctor. Uh, this is Mental um, Health Awareness Month. Good luck to us. See you next week. <laughs>